Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nobody wants to see his polyhedral dick is what I believe I said. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you did say it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lore Boys podcast. My name is James Miller, and I'm joined here with stress Ethan. testing the pop filter. Sorry. Ethan Palmer, stress, stress uh, press testing his pop filter. And it's me, Peter O'Donoghue. That's Ethan. all the energy I had for this episode. I'll just be quiet now. The beautiful thing about the name Peter O'Donoghue is there's no pops in it because there's no peas. No, you're right. <laughs> Peter Peter Palmer would be a good one to say over and over again to try and get that pop filter working. Peter yeah. Palmer, Peter Palmer. Earn its yeah. paycheck. Pa, 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 Peter Palmer. Peter Palmer picked a pack of pickled peppers. Do you have a Peter Palmer in your Palmer posse? No. Mm, no. Next question. Ask me, ask me more about my extended family, please. <laughs> quality content for the listeners <laughs> so guys today what we're talking about it doesn't have any peas in it at all it's pisk of pain <laughs> P- piss of piss of rain yeah risk of rain um, risk of piss <laughs> uh right now we're in late september and in late august the the full risk of rain 2 game came out it was an early access up to that point uh, really, really good game. It's a game that I've fallen in love with. I like roguelikes, but this one like is really hitting hard for whatever reason. And uh, that's what we're talking about today. There is a huge difference in the quality of roguelikes. I find I hate most of them. Um, but like Prey Moon Crash is some of the best games game content I've ever played, and that's a roguelike. Yeah, I mean, uh, now owned by Microsoft's Prey Moon Crash, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, as of today, today or whatever. The historic seven point five billion dollar deal. As of yeah, recording. I mean it's a good purchase. That's... I but that's clearly need the money so they stop making complete garbage. <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, Undermine as well? It's like a roguelike where you go know. down and into a mine. Don't think I've no. seen that one now. Okay, I know you're watching Splunk. I meant to ask you before, but that's also a good one. But today we're talking about Risk of Rain, which is neither of those games. Yeah, um, don't say. Yeah. So it's one of these stories that I like to tell where it started with from a small company. Um, so it was developed by two students at the University of Washington, uh, Duncan Drummond and Paul Morse. Now, is that in Washington State or is that in Maryland around D.C.? I don't know. I could find out right now. Are these what West a, Coast boys what or East Coast boys? What a specific question for our host, James I'm, Miller. Yeah. <laughs> if, in Seattle, if they're Washington. West Coast, I just can't, I can't respect them is the thing. Oh, gotcha. Beatniks. Because we're Seattle, Washington, uh, mm. so that's West Coast, I guess. Yeah, Dang. and uh, their motto is "Lux Sit," which is Latin for "Let there be light." So there we go. Oh, I would have thought they had a dog named Lux, and they were telling it to sit. Nope. Oh. No. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Different. Different. He's he's the frat hound, and he's yeah. old as <laughs> shit. <laughs> 
but he still he still follows orders. <laughs> At graduation, they just finish it off with a luck sit. The dog sits, and everyone goes wild, throws their hat in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's uh, it's basically an alternate script for Airbud. I'm pretty sure Airbud goes yeah. to frat house. He got easy job. Yeah, uh, develops video game. <laughs> yeah, so Duncan Drummond and Paul Morris out there in Seattle. Um, they eventually called their company Hopu Games. H O P O O. Why? Um, that's the name of their company. They oh, mas- basically only made Risk of Rain one and two, and like one other game. Hopu. It's it sounds like yeah. it's spelled. Yeah, that's what I said, right? Hopu. Said- Hopu. Hopu. I guess yeah. They also made a game called Deadbolt, which is a stealth action hybrid that looks like it's two D, where you take control of a Reaper to kill undead. No one really knows that one, but Risk of Rain is where it's at. Some kind of warlocking thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's them. Uh, They eventually made Hopu Games. Uh, The two took inspiration from their favorite games in the past and combined them into a single package. Uh, They focused mostly on platformers and roguelike genres. So if you've seen Risk of Rain 2 uh, and didn't know, the first one is actually uh, a 2D platformer. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you need to collect items to become more and more powerful, uh, to traverse stages, to earn money, to buy more upgrades, to kill more monsters, etc. It's uh, it's yeah. where the monsters are scaling up and you're scaling up and you try and scale faster than the monsters, basically. So Classic I, video game progression. I think it's usually relevant on these on these shows of ours uh, to, to say that I've never played the game. I've watched Jamie play it twice now because I watched him play and uh, fail. I don't know if, uh, if that's relevant. Oh. Jamie, is it relevant to the story? The way you died at the end of that level when we were watching you earlier, yeah. is that relevant to the story? Is that like some sort of I secret that you're trying to unlock? Yeah. It wasn't a secret, but it's actually really <laughs> funny. I was trying to get through the game really fast just to show the boys like how it ended. And I for whatever reason like i got enough items but i didn't get any movement speed items so when you beat the final boss in risk of rain 2 you have to like a la metroid run to your spaceship and escape and i got in sight of my spaceship and ran out of time and died after a 30 minute run <laughs> so <laughs> you had suicided twice up until that point that, for the goof though true for the goof. i went the wrong <laughs> way yeah but so we didn't see the ending of the game but we got Oh, so close just to die right before the finish line. <laughs> I live my life. So, so Jamie and I, I, maybe this is like super jumping ahead uh, into the lore here, but the one, the one tidbit that I did get to Jamie's credit was it said, uh, you have been detained when he died. Uh, please await uh, the end of time for your trial. Uh, yeah. I so I don't cool. even know what that means. Like a lot of what we're going to talk about today is uh, risk of rain one. And Risk of Rain 2, there's a lot of things like that. There's tidbits of lore in uh, mission logs and stuff that you find of, like, people that are never mentioned elsewhere, but, like, conversations and snippets. But it seems like you're kind of stuck in this loop that goes over and over throughout time fighting monsters. And the only way out of it is either to beat the boss or to obliterate yourself. Okay. Uh, Which, it really seems like suicide, but I'm not sure what it is. Suicide? Suicide is, suicide is when you commit suicide in the sewers, right? Yes, yes okay. of course. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. That's when you killed the sewers. Oh, gotcha. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's what, uh, that's what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles say whenever they're going to traverse the sewers. We're going sewer side, you know? Oh, right, yeah. right. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Top side, sewer side. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. side, biz- uh, building side, uh, pizza place side. Oh, dude get some za 
Didn't they have their pies delivered because they were horrible turtles? That is true. They were monsters. Yeah. Mutants, (laughs) mutants, I guess, is the correct term. Same thing. Are they under New York, or where were they? We need Uh, some turtles lore. Turtle power. That's all (laughs) I know. Turtle in a half shell. (laughs) Okay, derailed, but uh, back on track. All right. Yeah, we were suicide. Now we're back topside. And these guys, they also wanted to add uh, an idea to the game that difficulty... Um, that scales a difficulty that puts the player in a sense of urgency and makes them need to make tough choices often. So in roguelikes, a lot of the time, you kind of can just choose a build. And once you have enough things, you kind of know what you're doing. But this really made you want to have to like make decisions often. And Risk of Rain, the title itself, was selected not only to be SEO friendly, because Risk of Rain is ror it's nice it's like nothing else is called that it's raw xd right yeah (laughs) (laughs) it also alludes to the concept of a single protagonist in a large game that's always worried about a risk of failure bad things happening there's a risk of rain something could go wrong okay okay it'd be ironic if it was on your wedding when you get to that level oh yeah yeah like like alanis morissette always yeah she's she's the final (laughs) she's the final boss of that level <laughs> on your wedding She's just day. in the back seat of a car, jumping around, hanging outside the window. Have you guys seen that music yeah. video? Just... It's her driving and then turning around and looking at herself in the back seat, the... and then she's looking at herself in the front seat, just oh, having yeah. a great time. You get it, Alanis. So the uh, fi- the final boss of the Alanis Morissette level, I assume, has two spoons uh, when all she needed was a knife, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, Alakazam from Pokemon. Oh, true. It's, it's uh, Alanis Kazam from yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, Alanis. <laughs> is, okay, is, this is the Pokemon. It was a surprise. It's the Pokemon episode. Alakazam is actually Alanis Morissette this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Alakazam imprinted a psychic image of our, in our mind of a beautiful woman, but instead it's this hideous Pokemon. Uh, that's quite good. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the original idea uh, Drummond and Morse had for their game uh, was not actually... Um, what it looks like today, which was a platformer, a roguelike, where you're jumping around and killing monsters. It started off as a tower defense game. Oh, where, oh interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought that at all. Yeah. the, diff- the uh, Their like, tweak to that would have been the difficulty of the attacking creatures would rise with the distance of that from they were to the finish line. So all of the the maps would make them like twist and turn and if they went farther away from the finish line they'd be more difficult and as they got closer they'd be easier uh as they made that though they found that players just would stack towers near the finish line and ignore the mechanic completely i was just gonna say why would you ever build far from the finish line then (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, so they scrapped that um they they looked up they looked up tower defense they were like oh shit it's already been done yeah, <laughs> and, and this little twist we're putting on, it's not really adding anything yeah. other than people just build differently and in a more limited way. You know what? These monkeys and these balloons, much better than our idea, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they wanted to keep a player moving all the time and have these like a lot of decision-making to be happening on the go. So they came up with the idea of the difficulty equals time concept. It's not. I don't think they're the first ones to do it, but they did it in a really good way. Uh, on the surface, it looks like the difficulty goes up every five minutes to the player. That was kind of like that bar that you guys saw where it goes from easy to hard to impossible to so on. Yeah, but you want to quickly read out the equation there, Jamie? 
<laughs> we're not there yet but this oh, one okay. is the first one this is the first one still it's not risk of rain 2 but internally the a difficulty counter is incremented every minute uh to have a smoother feel for the gameplay so it's not like when you hit five minutes exactly the power just spikes yeah you're like halfway through a fight with a boss and he gets five times more difficult you're like well fuck yeah. me huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this counter translated um I don't really know for sure like how this goes to the math, but the counter translates into semi-exponential growth for newly created enemies' attack strength, semi-logarithmic growth in enemies' health points, and logarithmic growth in the player's health. So the enemies are scaling a lot faster than the player, but you also get items. So the character items are what kind of even the playing ground, and the interactions they can have together can have really exponential effects, so... You always have to be getting items. Okay. Yeah. So, like, boss bosses and enemies are going up much quicker in health and strength, and you're going up, like, in more of a straight line, but your items help you get into that, like, exponential thing that they have, basically. To match it. Yeah. And, and, your, and your elite gamer skills, right? Hopefully, yeah. If you're, if you're a pro platformer gamer, which, if you've been gaming for a while now, hopefully you've platformed once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> i only play it's not my first wedding day son i can yeah. do this yeah is there, <laughs> is there platforming in the sims because i play a lot of the sims yeah <laughs> okay good. yeah yeah totally to get in and out of the shower and then remove the curtains i think yeah, yeah. you have to platform to get in yeah, and then exactly yeah yeah, yeah. the difficult. sims is all about reflex it's very tight a lot of frame perfect <laughs> tricks yeah yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's really hard to put your baby in the oven. If you're one second too early, it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you got to swap the cradle out for a stove at the last second and then trick yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or else the Sims are no. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's Drummond and Mords found uh, that the way that they set it up created the most favorable gameplay because it created a f- moments of highs and lows that kept you on the edge of your seat because there's times where you would, feel overpowered towards the enemies but they would quickly catch up if you weren't continuing to get enough items and things like that and then you would feel like you're struggling to stay alive but maybe you get a crucial item and then you're on the same uh, playing field so that's pretty cool oh okay cool yeah uh, another mechanic that explored with difficulty equals time was to incorporate the speed at which the player defeated enemies into the difficulty counter but they found that it completely removed the highs and lows because if you're just killing more to get to more items and they were going up faster, like it, it negated a lot of the power you're getting from the items. So they trashed so that. If you were killing too many dudes, would it get too hard too fast or remain too easy? If you were getting juiced with items constantly, were you it's, way too strong for the yeah uh, logarithmic thing to follow which one was it which math was it well <laughs> yeah the enemies are exponential and you're logarithmic but you get items right so the the way that it seemed that whenever you killed the items uh killed the they got too hard if you if it scaled with how many okay okay they do in risk of rain they add like a level mechanic that is something that they get harder the higher level you are so the more you kill but it really goes along time is the number one thing yeah so so like an exponential function gets faster and faster over time a logarithmic yeah. function slows down gets slower and slower over time like the, uh, it's always increasing a logarithmic scale but the rate at which it increases goes slower and slower so like it decelerates it's still going faster but it's it's acceleration is slowing down yeah like right okay like, exponential would look like as if you were approaching like a skateboard ramp that went straight up kind of thing 
Yeah. And yeah. logarithmic is more if you're like coming over the top of a hill, but more like the, an escalator. The hill never quite stops. Never flattens out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. never flattened out. Yeah. It's a horizontal asymptote. Yar. Uh, <laughs> yar. The horizontal asymptote. Yeah. <laughs> Rogers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I oh yeah, we all know about the logarithmic pirates of the Caribbean. That, that, that <laughs> yeah. <makes> sense. <laughs> I've been watching some Sea of Thieves lately. So Yar slipped out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, they after completing most of the core game on their college budgets, the Hopu Games team turned to Kickstarter to get additional funds. Um, so. And they also wanted to get a musician, and you guys heard the music is pretty dope. So it's fucking bangers, a lot of them. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, and they also needed to get quality control, all that fun stuff. So in 2013, they went out looking for seven thousand dollars, and they ended up with more than thirty thousand dollars. Well, thirty thousand dollars is more than seven thousand dollars. At least, yeah, it's at least that much. Yeah, logarithmically, how how much higher is that? <laughs> Uh, Solve the difference. Okay, wait, are we saying base seven thousand or base thirty thousand? They're they, we'll say base seven thousand because that's what they wanted originally. And yeah. I I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they hired uh, Chris Christodulu, 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 Chris Chris Christodulu. Hopu to hires Todulu to make games <laughs> music. Chris Garoon. <laughs> <laughs> Spagoonty squash, what'd you say? <laughs> On the sound check, I said uh, spagoonty squanch instead of spaghetti squash. Yeah. Right, right. Like, uh, those are good. Okay, Peter, I looked it up real quick. Uh, okay. Log, log 30,000 base 7,000 is 1.164. There you go. Nice. And that's exactly the how, it, how the game scales, too. They just decided it on the money. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they said here's an an absolutely arbitrary calculation based on the amount of money that we wanted and the amount of money that we got and that's how the <laughs> game is going to scale. Yep. You're welcome. Which is honestly good for them. That was very smart. Yep. So Chris Christodelu, uh go check out um <laughs> go look at Risk of Rain OST and just put it on while you're working at home or whatever you're doing these days and it's it's a banger. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. great. It's like a psychedelic prog rock, I guess. Yeah, it, it gives like these sci-fi feels, but like very much proggy too. It's like, ah, uh, it's really good. Yeah. We can agree that Lord Boys can, and he does have a twin necked guitar, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's Lord Boys. Okay, good. Sure. Good. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so the success of the Kickstarter led to a publishing partnership with Chucklefish, who we've talked about before, um, who gave them the server space and everything. Do you remember who Chucklefish is with? Uh, Stardew, I right? Tr- yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say. I think it's Stardew, but I also thought I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chucklefish. <laughs> they did Stardew. They did a couple other things too. Couple indie titles. Um, yeah. So there's. I mean, uh, you know what they say: when there's a risk of rain, the fish do chuckle. So I wonder if that's where the expression <laughs> oh, yeah. comes from. Actually, if it comes from this <laughs> this collaboration between these two companies, or if it's like an older one. Can we look up the etymology of that expression? <laughs> yeah, Jamie, pull up the clip. <laughs> yeah. We got uh, some other games you might know: Starbound, uh, Wargroove, yeah. nope. Time Spinner, Starmancer, nope. nope, Spellbound, nope. Uh, Spellbound East, East You're kind of just rotating out 
the same three words and yeah. you just like, Starmancer, Starbound, yeah. Groovemancer, yeah. like Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah Stardew. Yeah. Valleybound. Uh... Eastward. Yeah. No, it's uh, Stardew Valley and Risk Rain are the only two I know. And I think most people are, those are the popular ones. I've heard of Starbound. It's Terraria. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot like Terraria, at least. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I heard of one of those other ones you said, too. Did you say say Spellbound? Spellbound, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've I've heard of Spellbound. It looks a lot like uh, um, Stardew Valley. Okay. Yeah, but Chucklefish, like, they've got a good eye for indie games to pick up because it picked up Risk of Rain, which was, like, a huge success, and uh, also Stardew Valley, which is a huge success. Although, do they, though? Because they picked up all these other games which we've never heard of. So maybe it's just like you, you yeah. throw enough darts, you're bound to hit the dartboard, right? Yeah, fair enough. They, they, they also did uh, Treasure Adventure. That sounds bad. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's got to be top 10 game all time, right? Yeah. Because it's like something you'd... Wanderlust Rebirth? Really, the, nope. two, the two things that gamers want. When I play a video game, there's two things treasure. I want. I want to find treasure and I want to go on an adventure. So, Does that not sound like a game that's pre-installed on like a public library computer? Though <laughs> there, there's one called Treasure Mountain, dude. There's one called Treasure Mountain where you got to play as like elves and you had to do like math and stuff, and you would get um, you would get treasures back, and you could collect all these things. I think it was Treasure Mountain. I played it when I was a kid. My mom worked for the school board, so I got all the cool games from school. <laughs> <laughs> math munchers, Magic yeah. School Bus, the geology yeah. one. We had, we had math blaster, I think. Math our, blaster. Our school board had math blasters yeah. and Millie's math house, yeah. and uh, Millie was a Millie. Adobe Reader, or not Adobe Reader. It was like you could <laughs> my favorite game, Adobe PDF Reader. <laughs> <laughs> Storybook Weaver. Storybook Weaver it was a, a great game, but formative. That makes a lot more sense than Adobe could... Reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways, um, there you go, little Timmy. I got you an Adobe license for Christmas. Like, oh, thanks, Bob. <laughs> wow. Now I can read all my PDFs. <laughs> I didn't get wow, you the one with I never Flash. Knew the warranty for our router was so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. read so many EULAs now. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. So the player controls uh, the survivor of a space freighter crash on a strange planet. So he was bringing a bunch of space freight through, and they crash. And as the player progresses through levels, the selected there's like randomly selected levels, procedural generated uh, placement of items, all that fun stuff. Uh, and they attempt to survive by killing monsters and collecting items that boost their offensive and defensive abilities. The first thing uh, the first thing he does is he. he- radios the place that he was supposed to deliver the freight to and they say hey are you gonna bring that stuff he says i'm afraid not <laughs> and then he gets fired at his pay doc for the last two weeks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the setup is the same as castaway right where he's a fedex guy who gets stranded yeah exactly yeah pretty okay. much actually is the main much. character tom hanks um, it, it is now. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask if the main character is Wilson, but I guess uh, Tom Hanks makes sense too. Yeah, I thought this was. It'll give you ten percent crit if you find Wilson. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. I thought oh. this was the Wilson spinoff I have been waiting for for years now, but I guess not. <laughs> I guess I'm still waiting. You know, <laughs> what happened to him after he drifted away? You never, you never see him die on camera. He, uh, I'm bet, I'm telling you, he's still alive for sure. 
What if he ends up on a different deserted island and friends with like a different a guy a guy who crashed from a different shipping company? There's like a DHL guy oh. on that one. <laughs> the the big the big twist is he's the one downing all these downing all these planes. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> he's the one lost lost. You you missed all the Easter eggs, but it was actually the volleyball Wilson. Wilson that was the bad guy. Yeah, I thought he was in the Little Mermaid when you go down to that cavern where she collects all the spoons and his face is melted under the water slightly to be like a horrified hey, yeah, frown. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyways, the roguelike does well. What it does well and feels unique to other games is the way that the difficulty scales with time and you really feel like you always have to be moving. Uh, and sometimes, let's say there's a chest way behind you and it costs 100 gold even you though you have 200 gold it might be better to go to the next level rather than to backtrack and come back because of all the time you have wasted will make okay. the difficulty so much higher that it outweighs the item that you got kind of thing yeah it, it, it really pushes for forward progress instead of backtracking right which is something yeah. so uh, like like i told you guys before the show started i've been watching a lot of splunky 2 which is another roguelite which just came out recently um and they have a similar mechanic well not similar mechanic but they, it's just at a certain at three minutes uh in spent on a certain level like a ghost appears which has 10 th- like nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine health and it's a one-hit kill and it just slow oh, okay. it slowly moves towards you so just to kind of like push you out of the level now like okay time right. to go buddy right right Yep, last yeah, so call ghost, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Closing time. <laughs> yeah, this one's not as obvious, but it, it kind of creeps up on you. When you've gotten to the fifth level and like it feels so much harder than your last run, uh, you realize, oh, well, maybe I should have been moving a little quicker. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more pep in these here steps. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you don't pick up any movement speed items, maybe you're not going to be able to run from the boss to your ship. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> kill yourself twice while you're at it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. who, who would that happen made- to? It would have made sense for me to spend an extra five, ten minutes even on that last level because even if the last boss would have been harder, I could have. You did. Farther. You did run past. You you did defeat that boss very easily, and you ran past every single enemy on that level. So true. Yeah. <laughs> to get to yeah. that boss, so yeah, maybe, but we'll never know. Yep. <laughs> so the story. Let's start. Let's dive into the story. There's not much of it. It's the lore, kind of. If you will. Yep. The lorry. Um, of truck. a truck. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he's a freight driver. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it's very cryptic, and it's a lot like Dark Souls, where most of the lore is you get it through um, like item descriptions and things like that, or like small snippets. Okay. Um, so you would say this but, is the Dark Soul of roguelites? Uh, no. <laughs> oh my god! What is this? A Kotaku article or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like. It shares some things with Dark Souls and like it's difficult, it's a bit obtuse. The main character is Tom Hanks. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we have um, not a lot of stories that were put together, but what we do have is one fan who took a bunch of clues from everything and made an arc themselves. James Miller. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I wish I did that much work. This is actually really good. Um, so we're going to read through um, this post on Steam, just the broad points of what happened in Risk of Rain 1, and we can talk about... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the lore. And there's also a counterpoint afterwards to why it might not be that, but we'll okay. see. Fair. Oh, good. We'll get to... We get, so we're the deciding factor, is what you're saying. We get to, yes. we get to be uh, Joaquin Phoenix in, in Gladiator and do the, the thumb out, up or down, depending on if we mm-hmm. think it's good or not. Yep. 
In Tom Hanks is not in that movie, so it would be different. But no, but but Wilson is. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. He's in the background of every scene. Everybody, everybody knows that the Romans invented volleyball. So. (laughs) (laughs) None of us have played Risk Rain One, but we will be the decider of what happened in the lore. I think that sounds fair. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of our job. So. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we start with the planet that Risk Rain is set on, um, which. What this person in the forum post is going to call Lemuria, because the Lemurians live there. Okay. Uh, so okay. We so, don't know if that's the actual name of the planet, but... Name of the planet, the, or maybe the name of the nation that he landed in. Lemuria yeah. is also from something else. I'll, uh, I'll Jamie, pull up the clip. It's, it's, where, it's where lemurs come from. Yeah. Or in French, yeah. it might be the wall, Leah. Lemuria. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah. Or maybe it's where walls and lemurs come from. On planet Earth. <laughs> Wait, oh, it was Earth it. all along? Sorry? I said it was Earth all along. Okay. Damn oh, it, Jesus. you blew it all up. It's decidedly not Earth, though, because <laughs> we come from Earth, and we're going to land there. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It's I'm funny, so I, I did bring up the lore of Lemuria, so this is relevant. Uh, just a Wikipedia here. Uh, it's a hypothetical lost and uh, lost island located in either the Indian or Pacific Ocean from a now discredited 19th century scientific theory. Their like logo or the crest of Lemuria is a absolute mess, but it also does say "Il n'y a pas de religion supérieure à la vérité," so it does actually have a French national motto but it's a state it does it has no religion there's no true religion uh but truth okay or there but there's truth yeah Yeah. the crest of uh lemuria though is a snake eating its own tail wrapped around a star of david with the female symbol in the middle of it uh as well as like a hindu sanskrit thing above a backward swastika well the the backward swastika is a a buddhist symbol it's the buddhist thing yeah Yeah. which is why it's 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 like a baseball cap. The cool kids wear it backwards. Yeah, well, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I am wearing a backwards hat too, as, as, as does the Buddha. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. True, true, true. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah. That that's why we're we're going to be year of the backwards cap next year. But right okay. now it's year of the monkey or something. Uh, fun, so that might, fun fact about that Buddhism, might... real quick, before we get off topic here, James, and you try and derail our Buddhist conversation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the chubby guy in the statue that's not that's not the buddha that's just a buddhist that's just nice. one buddhist are you not allowed to like make statues of the actual buddha or what it's no just there a- are statues of him he's just thin no yeah i mean it, it's also like widely debated who he actually was but you don't live a thousand centuries for that kind of blood pressure are you kidding me no. <laughs> <laughs> why are the buddha statues so fat because they cook with a lot of buddha it's an exhausted animal <laughs> and probably turmeric just based on the area that they're from oh yeah that <laughs> lee maria thing's actually interesting i'd never heard of that Super maybe it has some sort of uh influence on how they named characters in the game so it's maybe, maybe it's not another planet maybe it was just an island in the middle of the indian ocean that he landed on yeah true true but not true True. because we said definitively not earth (laughs) well you said maybe you said maybe so i'll say true to maybe okay sure okay (laughs) thank you thank you thank you for that concession we never would have moved on otherwise so (laughs) (laughs) what's the log difference between truth and uh all right boys i'm I'm gonna i'm taking the wheel here (laughs) (laughs) jamie take the wheel (laughs) 
Um, so each of the stage has destroyed metal structures, dangling chains, and large glass tubes, um, which have the upgrades in them. And they're befitting a lab. So it, it looks like it could have been an old lab that's in complete ruins. Okay. Okay. So this person's theory is that humanity uh, reached Lemuria prior to the start of the game. And these ruins are the remains of research facilities constructed that t- they were researching the Lemurians, geography, and technology that would be pivotal for the game's lore. Teleporters. Okay. Nice. I, in this test tube, I found two old stakes, which give me 10% health increase. And some sunglasses. <laughs> now I shoot better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those are real items in the game. And you guys, you guys got them. Is it actually um, is steak actually health? I love that. It's uh, health regen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. and yeah. glasses are crit chance that goes up yeah. by 10% at a time. Yeah. 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 Um, so they're saying that the reason that humans went there ahead of time was for teleporters. Uh, teleporters are the way that you end every level in Risk of Rain 2 and get to the next level. You start the teleporter event, which summons a boss, which when you beat it and it goes to 100%, you have to stand on it, like capture the flag. Then you're able to go to the next level. Okay. More like King okay. of the Hill, but sure. King of the Hill, yeah, sorry. I don't play uh, Capture the Flag that often. <laughs> you guys want to play some Kick the Can after this? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Four quarters? Yeah. Go get an old bicycle wheel and a stick and roll it down the, yeah. the hill. I'll play some hoop stick, dog. Hoop stick. Yeah. Hoop stick, Hell dude. yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's what this guy's asserting, is that the whole reason humans went there ahead of time was for teleporters. Uh, humanity had been in the space age for a while before Risk of Rain 1, and humans could travel f- really far with near light, spa- uh, near light speed mm-hmm. travel, but we're limited in, in where they could go because of this. Because if light's the, the limit, then you can't go forever. Okay. There's going to be big space. Can't land at night on like a-, a solar panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, joke, jokes aside, if light's the limit, you really can't go that far at all. <laughs> nah. In terms of scale of the universe, like, you can go to a couple stars, maybe, but that's about it. There's just too much empty space in between things yeah. that you would die and run out of everything you needed to survive before yeah. you get there. There's or just th- of old age, even if you had a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There's There's yeah. plenty of things in the universe that are moving away from us at faster than the speed of light, because even if speed of light is the uh universal speed limit we could be moving like three quarters the speed of light one way and they could be moving three quarters the speed of light another way and you'll just never reach them if you take off from this planet true fun facts about space teleporters very good for getting around space though yeah Yeah. without teleporters it seems kind of like a lonely place does it space yeah 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 Yeah, it does with teleporters you'll never be alone true so that's why we're after and uh teleport me your friend (laughs) <laughs> hey google teleport. teleport me a friend please <laughs> <laughs> then they just don't have it quite right and an awful meat monster appears in your living room <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm feeling lucky and it's just like a yeah. random murderer <laughs> oh, yeah. or maybe you'll get wilson i'm uh i'm lonely enough oh. to hang out with a meat monster what can i say yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they Humanity's desire to obtain the technology for teleporting can be cited in the Black Imps monster log. So proof. 
The, and in the monster log, it says the black imp can move from location to location seemingly instantly. I refuse to believe that the imp has teleportation. That is for fairy tales and quantum physicists. I will not accept. <laughs> <laughs> Two things which very often overlap, as far as I know. Yeah. Quantum physicists have puzzled for so long how a granddaughter could mistake a wolf for her grandmother. Like that's been that's yeah been, since the early days of quantum physics. That question has been asked. <laughs> yeah. They're looking for the the red riding hood uh, molecule or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. that has all the weight in the universe. Yeah, or something. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's Schrodinger's grandma, as I believe. Yeah. what the famous paradox is. <laughs> what what big teeth you have, and the closer you get to her giant teeth, the faster time is perceived by you and yeah. people outside of the cabin keep getting older. <laughs> yeah. So I won't accept that it that it can achieve something biologically biologically that the human race couldn't achieve in its entire history. So that was something I showed you to go, you guys, yeah. the, that little black imp that teleported towards me. That's what yeah. they're talking about. Okay. Very cool. Uh, that's kind of an unfair assessment though. I'm not going to lie. It's just like, well, we can't do it. So this is impossible. Yeah. We've never been able to do as snakes do in the entirety of human existence. And that's on earth. So yeah. I can't see heat. I almost said I can't see colors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jamie. He just figured out he's colorblind. <laughs> yeah um so yeah that that was the log so it proves that humans don't have teleportation yet whenever the log was posted but we also do have teleportation later in the game so this is this guy's proof that since the log said we don't have teleportation but there is teleportation by the time we actually play the game that um they went to this planet to get teleportation and got it from the black imp who has it biologically Okay. Yeah, I, I'd say not confirmed, but seems seems plausible enough, right? Yeah. Seems yeah. plausible. Enough. No thumbs down from me yet. You know, I'm still I'm still wavering at the horizontal thumb. Nice, nice. Quivering with anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's uh, his yeah that's his supporting argument. Uh, in short, humanity re- reached Lemuria in search of perhaps another inhabitable planet or to harvest its natural resources. But the reason that they stayed and poured in so much effort was building research facilities to try and study uh, teleport technology. Uh, I, not a, that's not even a bad fan theory at all. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, like I support it. this guy's work. Yeah. Yep. So far. All, the, all this trouble for one imp was the working title of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I should reach out to him on Steam and send him the link to the episode after we post it to be like, hey, dude, we actually talked about this. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what caused the residents of Lemuria to to be hostile? Um, because they weren't always hostile. That's his next point, is why are they hostile? Like the um, monsters? Yeah, the Lemurians. Um, it's cited in the Lemurians monster logs that, from what I've briefly seen, they seem to enjoy song and dance. They seem to be very peaceful creatures. But when you meet them, they're not very peaceful creatures at all. Uh, so Lemuria was tired of humans exploiting their home and decided to ask them to leave. And we could spe- speculate that the humans did not want to leave until they got their teleportation stuff going. Uh, yeah, I mean, that does make sense. That's a well, very takes, thing to it do. It takes so long to get home. You know, like, if, <laughs> if time is so important to these people, then, like, the time investment to just uh, extract the teleport gene out of this imp is shorter than the four billion years to fly to the next star, right? At yeah. near light speed travel. Sure. So they, the humans said they wouldn't move then. It, it's, they got to finish their stuff. So. Yeah. 
conflict broke out, which led to the Lemurians' defeat. Uh, even though they're peaceful creatures and never warlike, they fashion basic armor and attempt to best their gun-toting enemies. Uh, so you can, whenever you look them up, they have like really shitty armor. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. And even the toxic beast, uh, which is like a giant pig boss that comes at you uh, in one of the levels, that's covered in numerous scars and has seen many battles. Uh, could only have gotten these injuries from humans rather than the peaceful Lemurians. So a lot of the, okay. the strife you see is is because of humans. Remnants of humans. The yeah. robots probably, robots that humans made to kill uh, peaceful people who are sitting on what is clearly human land and should have been human land. Uh, the Lemurians should have known that uh, when the settlers <laughs> yeah. get there, it's time to go, okay? Yeah. This guy... Um, who made the theory kept tying it to the Spaniards and the Aztecs, which I took out just cause it was kind of sad, but you, you kind of touched on it there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> really feels that way. It's pretty yeah. classic history. Yeah. yeah. The Lemurians are like purple lizards. I'm looking at a yeah. picture of one right now. Yeah, exactly. As descendants There's... of colonials, I think we can say, uh, fuck colonialism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. As the entirety of the West coast, uh, West coast, worst coast hashtag is, is on fire. I think we can say, Let's go worst coast. <laughs> Fuck colonials. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to move, but sure. <laughs> so, so, so far we have the, the logs that say we didn't have teleportation. The fact that we have teleportation now, um, that Lemurians used to be um, peaceful and now they're hostile. Because when you play in the game, it doesn't really tell you outright that they used to be uh, peaceful like you had to find that in the log and then infer that all this damage was caused by you so um, but they probably attacked the player on site just because they're that's what they're used to right exactly yeah okay yeah. so this is this is depth to to the story that you might not have yeah. um and the final boss of the game is called the providence uh it, it looks kind of similar to the boss that i i showed you but it's it's really 2d and uh, it kind of has like an aztec crown almost but not quite okay cool yeah uh, are these just the lizard men from Warhammer? Because they're Aztec lizards as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's influenced. Like a couple nerdy kids who went to university together in that age were probably playing Warhammer. Or, another, <laughs> right? or in that age, it's not even that long ago. I always think of games being old because when we're talking about them. But every ev- it's it's it is uh, true that every video game is 150 years old. you're not you're not really wrong yeah it's because it's all outsourced but once we get teleporter technology then it'll be it'll be up to date then we teleport the games right to us yeah along with friends to play them right (laughs) yes friends still coming right yeah i i promise buddy thanks (laughs) (laughs) uh so the providence the final boss of the game um He's in the Temple of the Elders, and compared to the other stages, it is almost completely free of man-made constructs. Uh, He's the leader of Lemuria, and he's almost like an emperor rather than a simple king. And he's like a godly religious figure, probably, to them, and given his power and his title. Uh, He's a bulwark of the weak, and it's his job to protect all his little uh, Lemurians. Tom Hanks is as Tom Hanks does. He's got a ghost, this motherfucker, right? Yeah. <laughs> and as we know, he does a very good job protecting all the Lemurians. He saves them all. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> when the humans tried to build a research facility in his temple, he retaliated violently and he fended them off, um, but not all the way. He basically only protected his temple. And eventually the Lemurians actually... He led the Lemurians to a slow but sure victory, but the humans kind of pushed back and it, it's just constant battle. It sucks. He even uh, unleashed the wrath of Lemuria's divine elders from the ancient Wisp to the Ifrit uh, in order to send the humans packing home. These are, I'm assuming, bosses that you fight in the game. Okay, are they yeah. like ancient ghosts? Uh, wisps are in Risk of Rain 2. They're those circly, flamey dudes that are in the sky that I was shooting at. Um, and a ancient wisp is like the bigger scully looking ones that have green around them. I'm assuming okay. it would be similar in the first game, but I'm not actually 100% on the first game. Cool. Uh, yeah. And at this point, the humans had already finalized teleport technology. So they actually started to go back to Earth. Yeah. So the, the research was not in vain. Or so this guy thinks. Yeah. No, no. Okay. We got enough. Uh, we got enough imp testicles. Turns out that's where the teleportation comes from. So, uh, <laughs> so is in the balls. Gravity's in the balls. Teleportation's in the balls. <laughs> it's just gonna be uh, teleporting on out of here. So uh, I guess uh, don't burn the place down while we're gone. <laughs> as he's standing atop like a planet that's just in ruins. Like, <laughs> Sorry yeah. about the collateral damage. I guess yeah, we yeah. won't be back. <laughs> yeah. So the people who left uh, were called the UES, which we think is United Earth. Uh, services or delivery services or something like that. We, the UES is the the entity that is the delivering company. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, fast forward to the intro cinematic of the game. So this is all of of this up to this point was kind of inferred from from the More. setting and from the the little things in the monster logs. And this is actually in the intro cinematic of the game. Uh, it shows a rocket ship flying with a bunch of. Um, a bunch of compartments with a bunch of things in it because they're a shipping company and it, there's teleporters within this UES contact light is the, the name of the ship contact light. So they've got teleporters inside the shipping ship. What's the point of the shipping ship? Um, yeah, that's a good point. I think they're bringing teleporters elsewhere so that they could teleport it there. Like Can you, you got to bring the teleport there the first time. Build a big one. Uh, so I guess you would need to seed the galaxy with teleporters. You like did go at least once. Landing pads, right? Yeah. My 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 own little uh, my own little theory on time travel is like I haven't ruled it out yet because maybe you just need to like build the landing pad. Like you can't just travel into the past, but maybe we'll hit a point in the future where like somebody develops a landing pad and then a hundred trillion time travel travelers will will instantaneously appear on it and just like create a black hole where the the traveling <laughs> the time travel pad was. Yeah. That's an interesting yeah. theory. Because <laughs> they all try and go back to the first time. Exactly, right? yeah, as far back yeah. as they can go. All the yeah. uh, all the Instagram uh, influencers, just like they want to be the ones that were there first or whatever. Yeah. It reminds oh, me no. of, of satellites. <laughs> we just keep sending so many out into space that they're breaking up to so many tiny pieces that we won't be able to send out satellites anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, we're, uh, we're literally trapping ourselves on this planet with a net of shrapnel flying at 93,000 kilometers a second. What if yeah. you launched a satellite with just one big plow on the front of it? Someone's <laughs> working on that, actually, to clean up the atmosphere. Like, 
yeah. I, I remember reading an article about it. They're it's, gonna try and pick up all the pieces. It's super it's super tricky. So I saw like um it was like a block of aluminum, like what the side of a satellite might be made out of. And it's like what one microgram of plastic traveling at that speed does to it, and it is just like an impact crater and like almost split in half. But it's like a block yeah. like three times as big as a person and like a microgram of plastic just like destroys it. Like it's so fast. Uh and Jesus. we and we can thank Elon Musk. He's you know uh, you know, destroy- you put a car out there. Fuck. You know what? Destroying destroying the Earth wasn't enough for billionaires. They got to destroy the fucking galaxy too. Do, do <laughs> all, he wants do, to go to Mars. Do us all to this hell planet. Well, so well, there's some billionaire who's sending this UES contact light out to get teleporters elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, our friend, the Providence, is not down for that. So he uses his teleporting technology to teleport up onto the ship. And this is something we can see. He teleports onto the ship. Okay, and um, he also teleports in a bunch of his baddies, like a bunch of wisps, a bunch of Lemurians, and they just start destroying contact light. And this them. is actually yeah. And this <laughs> is how the game starts. The game starts as you're on the contact light as it crashes, and you're a survivor, and uh, that's how the game starts. So what this guy was saying is it was all the events leading up to that uh, with us pillaging this planet for teleporting technology that led to the start of the game where the Providence had the motivation to come up onto our ship with the teleporters that we basically stole from them and all the goblin us. balls. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. 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 Just he like arrives. He's like, haha, now you'll never be able to deliver this. Checks the box. Insulin for orphans. Oh, oh no, no, I've made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong, wrong ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a UNICEF spaceship, and he's yeah. just like, ha take that, pennies. <laughs> Dude, that UNICEF is just wor- ruined for me. I think it's my name now, because I've played so long in yeah. WoW. <laughs> uh, yeah, so in the monster log of Providence, um, he says, let me leave you with this, the last three set, or, yeah, this. let me leave you with this, the last three senses of his logs. I don't know the, his purpose or his reasoning, but he did not give me a choice. I had to kill him. So why do I feel like I made a terrible mistake? Why did we have a teleporter from this planet in our cargo hold? So um, it was the teleporter in the cargo hold from that planet that caused him to beam up and knock you down. Okay. And the Providence was right. uh, Because when you kill the Providence, he says that you, along with the rest of humanity, were the monster all along. And that's the end of that theory. He's not a lizard man. He's like a completely black silhouette of a person wearing like a red robe. And uh, and has like a very Aztec looking hat, like the yeah. crescent or like the half moon shaped crown with the jewels in it. But he doesn't have a face no, or like yeah. anything else. Yeah, he's he's like just a uh, he's all inky. Yeah, he's he's a cool final boss, and I really like this theory because it 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 gives the the planet history. It also gives the guy motivation for why he would knock you down, and then it leads right up to the first because whenever you land, you're you're picking up all of the pieces of your cargo and using that as upgrades to get farther and farther and survive. Uh, so the first reply to, um, to this forum post is, nope, this story makes zero sense. If you read the monster item <laughs> logs, you'd have the actual story. Okay. <laughs> Does he provide the monster item logs for our, for our comparison? Uh, he doesn't, but this is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> the player ship is a cargo vessel. Delivery of the items requires payment of the fee. So the glass tubes that you're getting everything out of is not remnants from the law uh, from the old humans that used to be there, but it's just the things that you hadn't delivered yet that fell off of the ship. So, oh, okay. 
Yeah, they're, they're just like, like cash on delivery. They're called cargo. Just just like modern day, uh, like today's delivery man. Everything is shipped in uh, glass tubes because it's the best way to do <laughs> shipments of things. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in space, so you can put the right gas in them. I don't Skirt. know. Though. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, we got to we have to preserve this this old stake for uh, the next four thousand years while we travel through the solar system. Put in <laughs> the right kind of gas there. <laughs> well, at least they're not putting it all in, like you don't want to like store all your shit in cardboard boxes. It just go bad. You get like an air. You can just get an airtight glass tube. But yeah, it's not exactly easy to stack or like. <laughs> Yeah, oh my this... god, imagine the stress associated with that delivery job, just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just carrying yeah. milk crates all over yeah. the place. Bull in a china yeah. shop, meet a postman in a truck full of glass tubes. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> uh, it went down... So the, the ship went down over the unnamed planet, spilling its goods across the planet's service. The crash could have been caused by the demigod-like entity on the planet that takes great joy in challenging those who land upon its planet. And the story of Risk Raid is a crew fighting their way back to the ship via the rescue teleporters and eventually taking off from the planet, which even each of them being changed forever by their trials and tribulations. This guy's saying it's way simpler than that. Everything that dropped was on the ship. Um, This guy just wanted to fuck with you and you're picking up everything and you're leaving. Why Why the last line from that guy then? That yeah, I'm I'm on the side of the first one. Unless yeah, the the first one does lead up to a way better like climax of the story because otherwise it's just like that dude is just you just kill him and he's like man was the monster the whole time to like try and make you feel bad yeah, that's for it. some like, reason. No no no. Yeah. No no no, that didn't mean the writers put that in not for any reason. It's just to show that he's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Mankind is the greatest, okay? We've never done anything wrong. Uh, but Honestly, most of the it might just be because it was on Steam forums, and there's a lot of people who like to think they know a lot of stuff there. But there were so many people just shooting down his theory with not a lot of evidence. Um, but I like the first theory, and there's a lot of people who said also like this is a great unified theory that nobody has yet. So we we like yeah. your Risk of Rain Sick. one thing. So yeah. we're putting it out there. What's the guy's name? I feel like we should credit him for uh, yeah. Let me let, doing all the groundwork here. And I'll we're. Oh, he's pulling it up. Uh, while he's pulling it up, Peter, uh, what is your... If you had to have one item from Risk of Rain in your day-to-day life, what would it be? I'm a little hungry right now. I'll take the health regen steak. Okay. I definitely <laughs> take speed items, because as, as we saw earlier, if you don't have a single speed item, you literally can't beat the game, and you just you die That's... at the end, and you get detained until the end of time. That seems like a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so it is. Uh, the name is Haze, H A Z E. It's a private profile on Steam. Um, it doesn't look like he wants to be bothered, uh, but he wrote this in 2014, and it is more lore than anywhere on the internet that I could find. And so it's just Haze, Haze on Steam, uh, crunch at us if you want to. If yeah. you want to collaborate on a Risk of Rain two uh, <laughs> lore someday. Uh, if you're still yeah. if you're still out there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. There's like a hundred logs for Risk of Rain 2, and I started reading through some of them, but I couldn't find an arc to it. But if anyone can, I think it's this guy. Yeah. Yeah. We're putting our He's best men on it. Yeah. I still have some stuff about Risk of Rain 2. How are we doing on time? We're all right? Yeah, we're fine. Keep talking. Right. Keep talking. It's what the people want. The people want more. You know what I mean? Cool. More lore. They don't say, hey, more lore to us all the time because yeah. they don't want more lore. True. So a sequel, Risk of Rain 2, was released August 2020. 
Um, it's a 3D representation of the game. Uh, the 2D is up to this point was really good. The 3D one is fucking incredible. Like it's rare <laughs> that you can just take a 2D game and turn it into a 3D game, and it's like feels just as good. It has a lot of the same mechanics, and it's like so incredible to play. Like think of Duke Nukem. They fucked that one up. Oh well, yeah. Well, no, the original Duke Nukem was great. The original Duke Nukem is also well. The original Duke Nukem is two D. And sorry, then this, yeah, not the original. The, the original three D Duke Nukem was great. Uh, yeah, it was and then it was, a, it was a it was a Doom yeah. uh, it was a Doom clone, like absolutely. But it was yeah. it was great. I as a kid liked calling the uh, horny ladies on the phone, on the payphone as a young boy. Ogling <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the pixelated strippers oh, as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. I can't sell Risk of Rain like enough, dude. It is like super addictive time flies when you're playing it like i could start a game like if i had to wait an hour and had no idea what to do that's a perfect game just to pick up and play for an hour because like the time will fly by and you'll have fun the entire time yeah. uh you kill enemies to make money to open chests to get random items become more powerful just like the other one but every item feels like it has an impact uh we touched on it the the glasses have 10 percent crit there's like a hoof that gives you 7% movement speed that I didn't see. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that we cannot sure confirm exists. Yeah. yeah. You can get um, an energy drink that gives you 10% run speed on top of the 7% movement speed. 10% Ten- so more, more often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 10% attack speed. Uh, you can get a Hopu feather, which is named after the company that made it, that gives you double jump, which is huge. Oh, or yeah. The iconic ukulele, uh, which gives your attacks a chain lightning for 70% of the damage. And they stack. The more you get them, the more damage they do per chain. And they chain more often. It You can get, like... You can turn into an actual god in this game. Like, you can outscale the enemy so well that... Especially in the lower difficulties, that they'll never, ever catch you. Mm. But in the harder difficulties, it's a lot harder to keep up with, uh, with the way it's Not gonna lie. Did not expect the ukulele to give you thunder powers. Yeah, no, it seems uh, seems oddly specific. Yeah, yeah. it and I didn't even know what the ukulele did at first because all of them say like um, adds health regeneration, adds attack speed, and then when you get the the ukulele, and then it goes dot dot dot, and the music was electric. Ah, oh. <laughs> like, right, and it's okay. it's literally an acoustic instrument. That's just, yeah. that's so, like, yep. they couldn't have given you an electric guitar? <laughs> yeah. Synthesizer? In, Come on. <laughs> the music for the last boss is, like, we're going to need a bigger ukulele, and it's, like, intense metal music. Like, the ukulele, oh, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, it's, have- it's, it, it's, like, really, it was in the first game, and they brought it to the second game, and it's pretty iconic. That's, like, if you could think of one item from Risk of Rain, it would be the ukulele. So I have yeah. to wonder if... Um, like when two two bros working on their project uh, at a university or whatever, if like their original concept for the soundtrack was like all ukulele or something, because it's like one guy had one in his dorm, and then they ended up <laughs> going, they ended up finding someone to like do the do the music, not more proper but different, I guess. I'm curious if anyone knows the story behind that. Please crunch at us. Yeah, I, I would love to know. We'll uh we'll we'll tweet the uh we'll tweet the developers and we'll let you guys know if we hear back. Yeah. yeah. So- Right now, there's only four members on the team. Uh, I wanted to mention that one of them, the main programmer, Jeffrey Hunt, uh, he was self-taught as a modder for many years. Uh, at 11 years old, he uh, he replaced StarCraft's sunken colony with Ruby Weapon at the age of 11, bringing a one-to-one port of Doom to Gary's mod 11 years later. 
Uh, he loves Team Fortress, Doom, Metroid Prime 2, Metal Gear Rising. He's done like, it was, he just modded things enough until he got a job, which is really cool. <laughs> just a child prodigy. <laughs> yeah. Like we He's all got were. Good taste in games too. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still Drummond and Morris. Those guys are still there, but they added Jeffrey Hunt, the modder. Uh, and he modded himself into a job with a really cool indie studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I replaced one of your other employees with myself, and yeah, I yeah. thought that was really creative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at, at first, I just did a skin to sk- uh, like a texture pack, but then I decided, eh, why not swap out the stats too? Yeah. <laughs> See, it's the two original founders: that dude who modded his way into a job, and the guy who makes the music. Yeah. That's the whole team. Yeah. yeah. The guy who, who whose loves- name was. He loves to eat magic mushrooms and just shred on the guitar all day. Yes. Oh, yeah. They don't, so they don't even pay him. They just feed him magic mushrooms and just keep the guitar guitar recording at all times. And he just plays all day. <laughs> the double-necked guitar, right? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Exactly. Going for it. <laughs> yeah, so that was my next point. The music, it fucking slaps, dude. If you don't, if you haven't heard it, go listen to Risk of Rain 2 OST. Uh, sci-fi feel with progressive guitar. It's got drums. It's got keyboards. It's got bass. It's got what you want. It's really good. Honestly, as a description of like an indie game soundtrack, it might sound like the description might be like generic as fuck, where it's just like, yeah, man, it's like sci-fi retro synthwave, bro. Just like fucking everything. But it's like uniquely great compared to a lot of other stuff that that would come out of the same genre. Yeah. yeah. And I've listened to the OST on Spotify. So if you listen to the first track, it's kind of slow starting, like really let yourself get into three or four tracks because it... it builds with the game. Like when you first land um, in your little ship, it's kind of slow and you're picking up your first items. You don't have any movement speed, but as you start to get more items and the game progresses, it just really ramps up. And, and I mean, up. the difficulty is based on time, right? So like as yeah. time increases, then the difficulty of playing the guitar tabs increases. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's no it, exception. <laughs> it works together really well. It just, it, it really adds to the game. I can't say it enough. Um, you can play with a bunch of unique survivors too in Risk of Rain too. Like there's if there's a playstyle, like you'll find it. There's um you start off with a commando. It's your basic soldier. You got a grenade. You got a a gun that just shoots as much as you want. Then you get a huntress who has like a bow and she does all these really sick. She's like a glass cannon type character. Where you jump around and you're really mobile, but you can't take a lot of hits. Um, there's the loader who like can do this charge up punch and like one shot enemies. And if you build them right with like crowbars, which increases your initial damage, if they're at 90 to hundred percent damage, it does more damage. So you build like <laughs> a loader with 10 crop, uh, crowbars, crowbars. You, can finger, do, right? you just one shot everything. <laughs> like it, it's, it's insane, but to get 10 crowbars is not always easy. Right. So yeah. that's the hard part. That RNG. Um, yep. Uh, the one my personal favorite is the captain. He has like this shotgun that you can charge up, and it like you can either just shoot it right away for max attack speed, and it has a big spread, or you can charge it up, and it's almost like a sniper. Uh, and then you also have like these hacking beacons. You have a stun. You have uh, orbital strikes. Like there's a there's a plant that uses self harm to be able to damage other things. Uh, there's uh, interesting. Like this- a dog type character that poisons everything and like can spit poison everywhere. You have to unlock these characters, but that's part of the fun. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. And, yeah. It's really good. And it's all about staying ahead of the difficulty scaling. Just like the other thing, there's like a whole set of, 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 uh, formulas, which I'm too dumb to understand. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Math hard. 
Yeah. Y equals MX plus B? What? (laughs) (laughs) The coefficient of difficulty is player factor plus time in minutes times time factor times stage factor. So it's um, progressing through stages, um, your personal level, and the time passed is, is what you don't have to worry about your own player level so much it's more about time passing which stage you're on mm-hmm. and then like i said five minutes is where you kind of want to you start the teleporter event at like three minutes 30 and then that way you have the option to leave at about five minutes but again if you don't have the right items you have zero healing maybe you want to get some healing before you start that boss or if you have no movement speed you probably want to get that as i learned yeah that's right yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've yeah. learned the hard way <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you also don't want to jump off the map in the wrong direction I've never had that little movement speed, so I thought I was going to be fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that, that didn't help. That didn't help either. The fall is just well, the fall was just so long. You just you're like, yeah. I'll, I'll just kill myself and spawn closer, and then proceeded to fall for like 25 seconds <laughs> <laughs> before before you yeah. hit the kill plane and died. Like. Yeah, yeah. There's a few ways to beat the game. Um, so what I did was the I did the boss in the fifth stage. So after the fifth stage, there's a teleporter and. The other ones kind of have uh, spikes in um, on four sides, north, south, east, west. And this one on the fifth stage is all kind of swirled around. And you can click on the spikes ahead of time to make yourself loop to go back to the first stage. Or if you just start the teleporter as normal, then you'll go to the boss stage. Okay. Which is Mithrix. Uh, and he was wearing pants, which Ethan pointed out, and I ever, never noticed. It's like this <laughs> robotic <laughs> He, he had pants. He had, well, he had a loincloth, really. But I yeah. I said thank you to him for wearing pants. Yep. He's nobody, got like a, a hammer. Yeah. Nobody wanted, to see his, his, nobody wanted to see his polyhedral dick, is what I believe I said. True. <laughs> <laughs> you did say it. <laughs> yeah, so otherwise, if you don't want to beat the game uh, via the boss, the boss was just added with the official release in August. But there was no boss for the first six months the game was out. Um so you could go to stage 8, uh, 13, 18, or 23. It's the third stage after you beat the first loop. So after 5, on the third stage of every grouping of 5, you're able to go through um, a teleporter. 8, 11, and 14, the- 17, 20, 23, something like that? Yeah, I think it's 8, 13, 18, 23. It's always that's, 8 that's, and 3. That's 5, then. Three. That's 5. Yeah. So it's after eight, it's every fifth? Oh, yeah. So if you yeah. counted it as its own stage, then... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Something like but, that. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, the teleporter appears uh, in intervals of five on the third stage afterwards. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then the story um, for Risk of Rain 2 is like super sparse. Uh, we need our hazes and our other video game enthusiasts to read all of the logs and thread together something because right now there isn't a lot of, of unity in that. Um, but what I can leave you with is whenever you go to those 8th, 13th, 18th, 23rd, uh, you go to the obelisk and you destroy yourself. And it really seems like suicide, like I said before. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's kind of like a sad moment. It's like, do you want to destroy yourself? And then it's like, are you sure? And then when you do, you lose all your items and it looks like the defeat screen, but you just destroyed yourself and you get lunar tokens, which are these things that you can, there's like another set of items that have a good effect and a bad effect that you can spend lunar tokens on. Um, 
but that's just for people who when you replay the game over and over again you earn these just by playing so the lunar tokens you can use to unlock a character and all this stuff and okay. if you obliterate yourself you uh get five lunar tokens okay so there is okay. a benefit to doing it and those that's a currency that stays with you uh, each game between like, matches yeah. yeah i i have 74 lunar tokens right now and if i go and play another game and die i'll still have 74 afterwards or probably more okay uh, cool yeah now these characters clearly don't work for the same shipping company right these are not all just different variations on tom hanks it's there's <laughs> some other setup for this game that isn't <laughs> yeah it's weird because you they you land in like a container that's only big enough for uh a person like it, it looks like an escape drone or something like that or escape pod that just oh, lands okay. and um it seems like they're trapped in an infinite loop and the only way to get out of it is to get kill mithril or to obliterate themselves okay but um, yeah because like i said when you die you get the message you've been detained uh please await the end of time for your trial so yeah yeah that's a long time yeah it's a long time to be stuck in jail it's all of it, actually i think it's all of it yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> well that's all of it from the point that you get detained but yeah that's all the time we have left so yeah <laughs> uh okay so i'll leave you guys with um a quote it's kind of a long one um but this is what the log that you get after destroying yourself for the first time and it features two characters that we don't know who they are it's a brother and a sister um, the moon is where the boss is actually introduced in the, the last part of the game, Mythrix, where you go to kill him. Um, so the moon might be important. This log was released before the moon boss actually came out, so maybe it, it, it plays together some way. But uh, I'll, re I'll read through this. My brother, it is done. Come, see. Look to the moon. The first beacon shines brightly on the other side. There is no gap in its sequence. It has traveled instantaneously. We can cross the dark sea without succumbing to its sickness if we simply do not travel through it at all. Is it not a brilliant light of hope? Only our hands could have been realized by my design, brother. I feel truly now that there's no obstacle nor force we cannot overcome together. With my designs and your constructions, while it pains me to see your heart still torn for the doomed, we are not among them. There's an entire cosmos for us. We can escape this planet or prison. If your heart is truly yearns to save then surely more of our kind awaits among the other worlds trapped by the dark sea and to them we can offer the gates when she visits our world i must ask her to take a gate with her perhaps dozens you should be celebrating with me brother and yet i still see your somber gaze will not lift please take the gate step foot onto another world reap rewards for your toil move prove to the universe that you are free I cannot bear to see you in such a pitiable mood on such a joyous occasion. If you insist, brother, I will go first. Forget about those creatures and do not dawdle. I want to see joy on your face. It sounds more like Risk of Rain 2 is set on some kind of prison planet. Because if you're just dropped, there, dropped down there and you get imprisoned at the end, or you can just destroy yourself and even the final boss and the moon are looking to escape... It I, seems I, like some sort of. It seems like the the time loop of the genre uh, is kind of in canon. The way that I interpreted it is this is like about discovery of teleportation again, and that the one on the moon is linked to the one that they have. But what they don't realize is by entering that ob like touching that obelisk or going through, is that they're destroying themselves in the process. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's like you have to destroy yourself to recreate yourself on the other side. 
But yeah, like the Star Trek uh, teleporter, it, like atomizes you and then just builds a perfect copy of you at the other end. Yeah. Because yeah. what did you say about it was with my designs and your constructions? So like it sounds like he created it and knows the real like what's going to happen when they step through it or I, i'm not sure yeah i mean that's a, yeah that's a really cool quote it definitely leaves i feel like it uh leaves more questions than answers uh, yeah like what what happened to the rest of their kind who are doomed uh is it the people stuck on the planet is it some, something else uh, surely there's others in the cosmos waiting for us uh did is is this just like ultimate penance for stealing all those goblin balls back in the day maybe everybody who stole a <laughs> goblin ball the first time they try and teleport they end up back on this planet stuck in a time loop you know yeah, maybe it's just a it's just a note for Hayes. It's my designs and your construction will assemble the lore eventually on a blog post. Oh my! Oh my God! You know what? We had it all wrong. It's not Tom Cruise. It's not Castaway. It's Bill Murray. This is Groundhog Day. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all I have for uh, Risk of Rain. I think there's still a lot to be said about Risk of Rain too. So I might come back to it if we get better theories or there's more stuff that's released, but. Um, I really, really love this game. Cannot recommend it enough. I've played with a few of our friends in the Discord. If you check at loreboys.com slash about, you can join that Discord and play along with us. And uh, yeah, that's that's the episode, boys. Personal thank you on Discord to Darnell, who um, I was gonna, I was thinking about buying Control, and then he streamed it for me, and I ended up buying it and loving it. So you can maybe influence our purchasing on our Discord as well, if that's <laughs> your fetish for some reason. <laughs> Uh, which it probably is. I think that's most people's fetish. Uh, yeah, Peter, I like it when people get stuff on sale. I Peter, jerk off to that. Peter, I think you said we had some emails to read, and thank you for we everyone got... sending us emails. It's uh, contact at loreboys.com, and we yeah. can read your email on air. Uh, we've got two. Um, I'll read one, and then why not, uh, Big E, why don't you read the other? Sure, I'll, I'll Jamie pull up the clip over here. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to read Stevens. Um, so, uh, classic, classic Steven down in Joyzy, uh, apologized for emailing us. Uh, he says, sorry, it's going to be a long email. Hey, lore boys, what's up? Now, again, I want to say that I'm sorry, but it will be a long email. Okay. To begin, I would love if Ethan did the lore of the blood angels from Warhammer and James, it would be so helpful if you did the lore of the baby orc from the wow movie. I think that's thresh or <laughs> that's a uh, thrall, thrall or whatever thrall. it's thrall yeah yeah oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah ba- i could do that actually he's a really cool story yeah do do baby orc <laughs> um <laughs> just watched the film for the first time the other day and loved it um i think the film's pretty good actually it's duncan jones is a really good director if you guys haven't seen moon you should really really watch it um and he's david bowie's son whoa does he have heterochromia the eye, thing? the eye thing oh i have no idea damn i don't even know what he looks like i know he's made two movies that i've seen and one of them is really good and one of them is pretty good um yeah and then and lastly i almost got in trouble at work because of your guys podcast i was finishing working in my area and was listening to the warhammer podcast and barely finished it in the time frame i was given so and felt great so i victoriously hell yeah more blood for the blood god sorry i fucked that (laughs) sentence up i think and then realized everyone could hear me and i was looking and was looking at me like i was crazy you are and I wasn't wearing any pants. Oh, no. <laughs> and Just my math test cloth. is today. <laughs> Mithrix took him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the store manager was looking at me like I lost my mind. So, yeah, that was kind of weird and funny at the same time. Anyway, keep up the great work, guys. Superman's dumb friend out. 
Uh, thanks so much for sending that. Uh, we got one more, uh, another long one, so I'll just jump into it. Uh, this is from Anthony Schifano. Uh, hey, Anthony. He's the one who recommended the reboot episode, actually, and yes. wrote the script that, that we used as the base for the reboot episode. Shout out to you, my guy. Uh, he says, hey, I know I'm in the Discord and could just message on that, but I live on a weird part of the spectrum where I have little to no actual shame but crippling anxiety when it comes to social media, especially when it comes <laughs> to putting something like the absolute novel you're about to read on a public forum. Uh, a side note, I mean, we we deal with the same kind of like pressures with the Discord. We try and make it like as comfortable and free a place as possible, but you're just as free to not participate if you don't want to participate. So uh, don't sweat about sending us emails. Uh, so he's got five points here, so we'll go through them alphabetically. Uh, point A, I've been re-listening to a bunch of old podcasts. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in listening to the first Halo one, you guys spend a lot of time talking about the intricacies of space travel and the adverse effects it has on the human body. Do not remember that at all. Basically, I do. I remember. <laughs> it's, we're talking about the heart stops being as strong as it could be, and it like it becomes more uh, circular, and you're not able to pump blood okay. to your extremities once you go back into gravity okay. and stuff like that. Very and you have All to right. exercise really a lot while I you're know, up there. I know oh, you, I know you yeah, do have yeah. to exercise a lot. Uh, based on that conversation, I feel like you guys would like The Expanse TV show on Amazon. Uh, I've heard of the show. I refuse to support Amazon, so uh, I don't have Prime. Um, point B. I guess Patreon has an annual one-time subscription plan, but it would be up to you guys to figure that out. Helpful, I know. Gladly willing to offer up my co continued tribute for the service you provide, but I am more of a rip-the-band-aid-off kind of person. Hey, uh, I don't spend a lot of time checking on our Patreon. If that's a thing, I could definitely look into getting that set up. Yeah, we can look into that. Patreon.com slash The Lore Boys. The Lore Boys. Uh, see, I got free Amazon Prime through my dad, so I might watch The Expanse one day. But when I say I might watch a TV show, it is within the next decade I might check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's been trying to get me to watch like 20 minutes of The Les Show, which is like some Australian thing made in Microsoft Paint. And it's been months, <laughs> and I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, see, Ethan, if you want to, if you want to create a book club, sign me up. You've offered up a few suggestions for books in the podcast, and I know Children of Time won, won a bunch of awards and stuff, but I had never heard of it before. You suggested it and enjoyed it. I'm going to start the sequel. Uh, I love the book Children of Time. The sequel, I actually struggled with a bit, and there, I, it's hard to put my finger on. Uh, but we could probably talk about it in a book club at some point. Uh, if anybody else wants to start a book club, send us an email. Uh, that's contactlorewise.com or join the Discord, and maybe we could uh, get something going there. I'd be actually super down to do that. Uh, point D, because we still got two more points. Boy, this is a long email, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which one of you is a Stephen King fan. That'd be Jamie. But there have always been mentions of the Dark Tower and the multiverse of his books. Sidebar, I have reread and gifted The Wizard and Glass and The Stand too many times for my own good. If you say you've never read them, there's a chance I will buy them for you. Well, I've never read them. Uh, so as to not step on toes, or uh, are any of you working on an episode for the multiverse or Gilead or the Alverse? Well, I don't know what uh, the Gilead or the Alverse are in terms of Stephen King. So certainly not me. Uh, not me. I know of it. I've seen like this. It's to be honest, it sounds like a lot of work, dude. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like I would have to know so many more books than I've actually read. But like all of Stephen King's books do connect together. And there's like a, an awesome flowchart of how they connect together. And there's like giant god turtles and stuff like that that are. I've heard of. I've puzzle. heard of the god turtles from uh, yeah, yeah. Me too. King's work. Uh, which, uh, which I assume is a ripoff from Avatar: The Legend of Korra. But. <laughs> it's it's a cool universe. Um, that dude also wrote a lot of. His, he has an incredible output, and a lot of his books he wrote on a lot of cocaine. Yep. And oh yeah, <laughs> and he had he would get twenty four packs of tall cans of beer and just stay up for days at a time writing. Um, 
I don't know if I have that mental fortitude to get through that many books because he's gonna or, he's gonna or that supply of cocaine. What I can read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know yeah. Send so, me enough cocaine, and I'll do it. Yeah. As 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 you. <laughs> As you could tell from the episode you just listened to, uh, we tend to let a single commenter on Steam do most of the legwork for us. Uh, <laughs> so if somebody posts the entirety of the Gilead on uh, in the Steam comments section, then maybe we'll cover it one day. Uh, yep. no, no plans to do it right now, but we'll definitely look into it. Uh, he, he continues that point to say he works in finance, so I found myself a lot more free time as I wait by company orders for the economy to implode, which is something we've talked about recently, and would yeah. gladly help with any research <laughs> on gold. those topics unless dibs have been called. Feel free to tell me to f off and leave it to the pros as well hey uh if you want if hey, you guys want to contribute anything um we super 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 appreciate it and love you for it we've done uh episodes before that were you know pseudo written by some of you guys uh the only caveat is that we don't uh, guarantee that we'll use any of them or we might just sit on them for an undisclosed amount of time yeah just like for example darnell sent me one and darnell thank you so much for putting that work in i'm not that interested in spider-man so i'm probably not going to get around to that one but uh like if you guys want to do that work, by all means do it. But like like Ethan said, like there's no guarantee it'll it'll hit the air. But we love the, yeah. the effort. I'll probably cover yeah. the Spider One, Spider Man one someday. Okay, we got one more point here, so let's get through it. Did Peter ever beat Hollow Knight? I know uh, Peter definitely did not. Peter didn't like Hollow Knight. Uh, no. I must know, as I have put sixty plus hours in honing my skills, and somehow still completely incapable of beating the Troop Master for the first easier time you fighter. So I'm close to beating Hollow Knight. I have. Um, I have the Pantheon of the Gods left to do because I'm trying to 100% it. And then I have the third Coliseum of the Fool challenge left to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm I've, about I've there, started too. the game three times and it, it just can't click with me. So I gave up entirely uh, years ago at this point. Like I bought it, maybe put 12, 12 hours into it, which was three restarts. And I'm never going to play that game. Ethan surpassed me. Like I, I was the one that was the farthest ahead for a while, but he got the trial of uh, that thing where you have to avoid all the saws is fucking crazy. Yeah, path, I did the path of pain. I've done pretty much everything except for the, I just yeah. haven't put the time in to beat the Pantheon of the gods. Cause I just feel like it's going to take too much time. The flower to bring it across from one side of the map to the other without taking a single point of damage is yeah. insane too. Uh, yeah. And Ethan's done that. I have all the, all the badges and all my notches and all my uh, max, max life, max spirit, max all that, or max soul, max all that good stuff. But he's the hollow net boy. Now I'm the hollow. I am the Hollow Knight. Da -da -da. Uh, a, I'm the failed vessel. Yeah, check out our <laughs> check out our uh, Hollow Knight episode. Okay, I'm a different game entirely. So uh, this ending's run a little long, so I think we should just speed through these uh, sign-offs. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. You can find me at Ethan the Dead Man. You can follow the show on Twitter at Loreboys. Peter, where can we find you? At Loreboys Podcast on Instagram, and um, yeah, I guess that's it for me. I'm Jamie. Don't find me. Okay, yeah. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all our Patreon supporters out there. Patreon.com slash Loreboys. If you want to send us a little dough for all the hard work that Haze on Steam does for us, uh, <laughs> please, please feel free. Uh, of course, if you don't trust Patreon, we do always have uh, Loreboys Prime, where we offer you guys uh, something pretty special uh, in return for uh, your continued support. Now, um, if you guys are willing to teleport to my place and be my friend for a day, we are totally willing to give you guys some glass tubes to ship whatever you may need in your shipping <laughs> containers. <laughs> this, this month's episode uh, brought to you by Glass Tubes, the new shipping method. Uh, <laughs> apparently, because that's a good way to fucking ship things, I guess. Stupid second guy on Steam who we're not going to give credit for his stupid idea. <laughs> Riskerine 2, they moved to metal boxes at least. So yeah. that, Oh, the thank God. Good. <laughs> 
All the uh, packing peanuts are still made of glass, so it's a nightmare, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess that would be the best time as any to say, uh, Lore Boys Sayonara. Lore Boys out. Swedish. Most part of any podcast is to make sure you sound very Swedish when you do your sound checks. Yeah. <laughs> Sweden is the Sweden of Europe. Is it true? Oh. I always thought that... of us more as a Switzerland because I get us confused so often. <laughs> What's well, my capital? What's the capital of Switzerland? <laughs> you know, if you, uh, if you just turn your podcasting app on repeat, this will sa- this episode will play a lot like Risk of Rain 2. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.